0: The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not that of the GUI Media Network or associated brands and sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity, because clothing is a prison and society will not cage me.
1: In a world. Too many reboots and remakes. Two men will stop at nothing to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch
0: Hello, geeks, and welcome to another Episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the podcast that reboots, remakes, reimagines sequels, cycles, and adapts some of your favorite and least favorite films and television. And uh, with me, as always from here on out, uh, we've got Tondi, my co host. Mellow greetings.
2: (laughs) And may your day be full of grace, Tarnished. (laughs) So, two things because uh, my week has been occupied by Elden Rings and almost nothing else except Demolition Man.
0: Rewatching this. especially taking the time to watch it with the consideration of recasting it. I was able to kind of glean a little bit more about this movie that I just kind of went right across my brain previous to, uh, including me-, me brother, mellow greetings being one of them where <laughs> just the choices of adding multiple words together for no fucking reason is just <laughs> incredible in this movie. Uh, for if you haven't guessed already, the film that we're going to be rebooting, remaking, what have you on this episode is, demolition man the 1993 sci-fi classic that takes place in the distant future of 2032 uh but starts in the in the not too distant future of 1996 so that's the one thing that like always cracked me up about this movie is that it came out in 93 apparently by 96 la was like a nightmarish like burning
2: it was a shit show yeah well, you know, if you believe the media at the time, because I remember the the news specials and stuff. L.A. was already there, sure. Like the crack epidemic, epidemic, and how uh, virulent the gangs were. Like they were like, oh, the gangs will be bigger than the military, and they're taking over the country. And yeah, it was a crazy time. Like the the media push against—I don't want to say it's racial, but it was almost a little bit racial. The media push against people that lived in california of a certain persuasion was hardcore it was hardcore
0: well it's like in in richmond where we're from um or or currently reside uh that's the same kind of tone when talking about blm and uh, the statues being removed is that anybody that lives in the surrounding counties like in goochland and amelia think that downtown is just this like constantly on fire burning cinder like war zone yeah war zone and it's like i I had a really nice dinner at like Pearlie's the other day. Like, I I don't know what your coffee
2: shops and hippie kids. I don't, I don't know how you can't know that, but yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Coffee shops and hippie kids. Ground
0: zero near the Lee monument. When that was still up, there were people like playing violin and like bringing their kids to look at the statue. Like it was not a hellscape. So yeah, the sensationalism that news does, especially when they have an opportunity to be a little racist is, uh, Usually taken up on and uh and demolition man definitely does the same for sure in a couple circumstances,
2: yeah, it is it's a social commentary that says some stuff where I'm like, oh, why are you saying this stuff ah and, and at the time, I was probably a hundred percent on board with like the the point of view of the movie because that was the point of view of the world, but man, it is shocking, it is shocking now, oh, it really is it is basically the the Conversation we're
0: having currently, really, about the uh, the culture wars of, like, PC culture or, you know, at the very least, uh, consideration culture uh, versus yeah. I can say and do whatever I want culture, which is represented by Dennis Leary in Demolition Man and Barely Hamburgers. Like, that's, uh, it's Dennis Leary. Uh, if you follow him, you can have hamburgers. If you don't follow Dennis Leary, you can't. Like, does the-
2: You can eat cigarettes for breakfast or whatever you <laughs> want to do. <sighs> No, it's about PC culture deballing America. Is what the Demolition Man's about. Yep. It's, it's just we. It's a weird. It's a weird thing to double down on. But you're right. It is reflected in the argument that we're having culturally right now. So I guess it's a persistent cultural argument. But uh, the Hollywood side of it was kind of on the uh, the machismo, uh, survival of the fittest, uh, live hard and die pretty, or whatever side of that that argument at the time. I guess. I guess, but also there is
0: kind of a conflict with how we view that conversation now versus maybe in 93 is that there's some, like, left-leaning ideals of, like, no guns and, and, and the like. But there is also kind of a suggestion that, like, anybody that's not seen as, like, a, you know, the right type of person um, lives in the sewer. Like, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> And that's, it's kind of like the opposite of like, if if you're talking about like the, the tolerant minded uh, folks that are like, you know, uh, you know, uh, pro-trans, non-anti-racist, like not not just non-racist, but anti-racist and Mm -hmm. um, trying to be as uh, inclusive as possible, it's. It's not the gun people with the hamburgers, you know, like that's not, <laughs> that's, <laughs> so this is kind of a weird combination, which is what, one thing I considered when looking at a remake is that I didn't want to have some very polarizing approach to it where it was just like the shoot 'em up gun burger people versus the, <clears throat> like, you can't cuss and don't touch during sex uh, people. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, there needed to be yeah there needed to be some other consideration of like how people are being polarized in this world of demolition man and that that was actually kind of a challenge,
2: yeah, you know, I could definitely see that uh, trying to be that kind of creative with your uh pitch would be challenging. um I went very <laughs> leftist with one of my pitches good good yeah i was I was curious <laughs> as to how the demolition woodman
0: would look from that viewpoint too so i'm I'm interested to see what you have with it. So uh, those unfamiliar with Demolition Man, huh? Um, <laughs> it's one of those movies that it, no one agrees is good. Um, no one thinks it's actually a good movie, but at most everyone enjoys it for how bad it is. It's so much it's fun. fun. It's really fun. It's fun. It's so dumb. It's a really dumb movie. The sci-fi uh, like, like world that they build is insane. Uh, some of the choices they make they overdo it with the, with the language use that there's no new language, but they just happy, happy, joy, joy feelings is, uh, is a thing. So they do, you, say. do you
2: know why it's insane? Did you read into the history of this movie? No, I didn't get a chance to like, so this movie was directed by a guy who is not a director. He's a visual performance artist. He's done like maybe two major motion pictures and one other, uh, narrative motion picture o- across like a 30 years period but mostly he does visual art installations and like uh makes a commentary with his visual art so he was going for something that was creative first before anything else and that's why the movie's so
0: out there it's, it's it, out there it is wild including a title track by Sting called Demolition Man that is just <laughs> mwah it's just uh, chef's, kiss. chef's kiss. kiss it's so so goddamn bad um and every and the 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 most blatant um inclusion of like ads in a product placement placement in a a movie i've ever seen in my entire life it was absolutely incredible
2: it was made me nostalgic for a chili cheese burrito i want a a chili cheese burrito right now
0: oh man yeah the the old school taco bell menus for sure but
2: that was not what they were serving
0: there's a lot of small tapas, I think, is what we saw in the Yeah, intro, I, I did
2: not dig that, but I was looking in the background somewhere for that chili cheese burrito. <laughs> There's just
0: one person in the back to give it no fucks, just chili <laughs> cheese burritoing it down. <laughs> so uh, those those that need maybe a reminder of Demolition Man, um, there is the main character, played by Stallone, John Spartan, who is tricked um, into thinking that... Hostages are not in a building that ends up getting blown up by his nemesis Simon Phoenix, uh, played by uh, Wesley, Snipes. Wesley Snipes in in his prime, and uh, and just so they chewing the scenery, just chewing it out. Oh, it's not even chewing it. He's just like ripping it with his bare teeth, like he's a he, he, like he's a,
2: doing the Joker. It's so weird. He's doing As the a Joker right. Yes,
0: one hundred percent. I was thinking about who to cast um, in in one of the castings, and I was like, I need someone that's literally in the manic stage the whole time, because he does read like somebody that is, like, extremely manic the whole time, just, like, on 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 10 uh, on that scale, just going hard. Yeah, he is hard. geeked. He is geeked. Oh, full on. And uh, it's so much fun to watch. Uh, except for the part where he's, like, super racist. <laughs> to... <laughs> but also, the, the movie was incredibly racist to him at one point because that, when he has that scene where he's fighting the cops is the only time in the entire movie where you hear like like MC record scratching in the soundtrack. Like
2: No, w- it's w- 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 not w- just that scene. It is every Wesley Snipes scene starts with some kind of uh video game style rap sting like, oh, black guy's on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like every time it's like, I guess it was part of the comedy or part of like the, the, the more, the peppier aesthetic they were going for, but it is off-putting. That was as off-putting to me as the horribly racist moment that Wesley Snipes had. I don't know the contextless racist moment that Wesley Snipes had. Zero context. Yeah. And I agree, it was just as much like, wait, wait, what what,
0: what was that? Did they record scratch in the background? <laughs> they wiki-wikied real quick? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, but the thing is that this this movie feels like it it should be something that everyone involved knows that how batshit insane it is. But it plays it so straight that you're not sure through the entire movie. Like, they may not know what they were creating because this is – everybody – seems completely oblivious to the fact that this is fucking insane
2: see I, I feel like they know that it's the good time movie and for stallone he doesn't care because stallone is just playing one kind of character sure in this period of his career so he's just doing the i'm the uh the 80 i'm the the kind of movie guy that schwarzenegger and i have functionally created and that's what we're do. what i'm doing in this movie the movie might be doing something else but this is what i'm doing in this movie there's even a schwarzenegger like <laughs> pull in the movie <laughs> Where in the future
0: Schwarzenegger becomes a president and they do an amendment so that he can be president well, since he's, he's not been born... the
2: Constitution and,
0: and, and Stallone's just like, "Oh what the fuck yeah hes just pissed <laughs> that Schwarzenegger became president
2: was it fucking great <laughs> fucking great that was great that was uh, that was uh, some some sharp writing and it's uh it, it reflects well on Stallone because his ego was kind of out of control that period of time so he was he had this like rivalry with Arnold Schwarzenegger yep so for that to put that joke in there, I, I I dug that a lot.
0: Yeah, that was that was a really fun little like kind of wall break moment.
2: <laughs> um, okay, so let, let's
0: get into it a little bit. We uh, we have our uh, choices. As, as for anybody unfamiliar with this show, uh, we have two takes a piece for this movie. We have the take we think might actually work, um, and then we have our remix version, which is something that's just like kind of a fuck it <laughs> version where. It's Mm. a different tone or it's just a really weird choice or just weird actors or a weird director or just a weird approach to the subject matter uh, just as kind of a thought experiment on what it would look like if, uh, you know, John Waters got a hold of it, you know, Uh, (laughs) that there's a, there's a lot of fun room in the remix uh, portion, but we're going to start with our real takes on it Uh, for years are you looking for that campy, fun action vibe? Or are you trying to go at it from a different
2: angle? So for my primary take, uh, I am not doing the fun, campy vibe. I'm doing a um, a kind of very serious, uh, hard sci-fi vibe. Okay.
0: And, and uh, uh, is, is it still taking place around the same timelines? Are you doing like a period yes, the, piece? The, or... the, the,
2: the The timelines are going to be... Vaguely the same, you know, you know, nineties or even eighties to the future. Okay. Um, and uh yeah, so John Spartan is still coming in from the past to uh influence the future. Sure.
0: Which is interesting in sci-fi because usually it's somebody from the future going back to the past to like correct something. Mm-hmm. So them being like unless you're Buck Rogers. Unless you're Buck Rogers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's he's like many Buck Rogers. 90s. Yep. I, I, when I think of Stallone, I think <laughs> Buck Rogers. Personally, always oh, Tweaky. Let's read. Let's do that movie. Um, Stallone <laughs> as Buck Rogers. Yeah. Uh,
2: I would watch the shit out of it. Oh, that. Laughing. That'd <laughs> be like the Flash Gordon of the 90s.
0: Oh my god! It'd incredible. It'd be incredible. So for your your take, your serious take, hard sci-fi. Um, <laughs> l- let's lay it out, including like the director. Like what
2: what are we looking at as far as the story here? All right, fantastic. Well, uh, for my serious take, uh, we're moving the focus from Simon Phoenix. Um, Simon Phoenix is in the story; he's no longer the main antagonist, and really, like the um, the energy of the movie uh, from the '90s comes from Wesley Snipes doing his thing. That's sure. no longer the case. So, uh, I do for, for Simon Phoenix because he's in this movie. I have uh, David Diggs. Now, if you don't know who that is, he's in Hamilton. He's also Uh, in in, uh, the TV show Snowpiercer as well. Yes, he's in Snowpiercer. Um, I like him for what I want to do with Simon Phoenix. Um, And then uh, he is the leader of... They're not really terrorists. They're activists. They're activists. They're armed and they've taken over a research facility because of the, uh, the nature of the research. It's, it's uh, nuclear energy research, but it's, <sighs> they've had some accidents that have waste poisoned the land. So they have done an armed takeover of this facility. So they've sent in John Spartan to take care of this situation. John Spartan is Jace Momoa, uh, and Jace Momoa's John nice. Spartan is old-school... Uh, Like the old school, he's a cowboy. So he goes in here, guns blazing. And he's not mad at anything more than the fact that these guys are going against the social order that as he understands it. And so he's angry. He doesn't care about the environment or the research that's being done. He doesn't even care that these guys are armed. He he cares that they're they're trying to fight the social order. So he goes in, guns blazing. These guys are not really prepared because they're not really terrorists, not trained. They're just armed and they lucked into this situation. John Spartan takes out most of them by himself in a cowboy fashion, as you would as a an 80s or 90s cop or whatever. And when he gets to David Diggs, he shoots wildly, damages some equipment. The uh, the research is of a nature that the equipment damage actually causes a localized black hole uh david Biggs and schwarzenegger are in the event horizon we don't know what happens inside the event horizon of a real black hole but in this case and the science of this movie basically time is frozen around them everything outside the event horizon for miles maybe hundreds of miles is destroyed uh but time has stopped for them time has stopped for them for an extended period of time 75 years um When the localized incident of them being frozen in time evaporates, both he and David Diggs have a beat on each other. Uh, Momoa shoots first, kills David Diggs, looks around. There are scientists there that just watched him kill this man. He's in the future. No time has passed for him. 75 years has passed in the real world. This is a research site. He's taken in by the authorities, but because of the nature of the incident, they don't know what to do with him, and they don't really have the kind of crime that he just perpetrated. Yeah. Uh, And also his official standing as an officer of the law. He's not a cop. He works for the government, whatever is recognized. He is given an observer and that observer is Lenina Huxley, who was played by Sandra Bullock in the original movie. Sure. Uh, And in this movie is Kiki lane. Kiki lane was in old guard. She was in If field street could talk. She was the, uh, the oldest daughter in coming to America. Uh, Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, She's the protagonist. I was going to make it Regina King. I felt she was a little bit old for what I wanted for this role. So uh, I went with uh, Kiki Lang. She is also an officer of the law. She's a peacekeeper. But what that means is something different in the future than it does mean in uh, John Spartan's time. So John Spartan is introduced into this future world that is not technologically, but is socially like... um, a utopian Star Trek, the next generation future. Okay. And he's actually given, um, kind of a, uh, nano, uh, nanobot cocktail to help socially condition him for this future, uh, to, to kind of quell his violent nature and, uh, make him more receptive to what society is now. It's just part of how society works. He sees things that he doesn't like. He sees that people are, uh, free to express themselves in ways that he does not appreciate. Uh, They don't believe some of the things that he believed in the past that he felt was uh, a boon to society. Sure, Those things have fallen away. He doesn't like what he sees, so he stops taking the cocktail and uses his skills to fall off the grid. He he gets away from from, uh, Lenina and falls off the grid. And off the grid, he actually finds out about an organization of people that are against modern society. They feel like they've lost something in the process of society focusing more on the uh the power and capacity of the group to accomplish things together like in achieving this utopia he feels in this these small group of people feels that certain things are lost sure so uh this group is led by kind of a, a cult leader who is um i wish i had s- structured that better who's the uh, the actors playing michael Morbius? Jared Leto. Oh, Jared Leto. Yeah. Yeah. So Jared Leto is the cult leader that is in charge of this group. And the solid for Spart- a cult
0: leader. I mean, he basically yeah. is with his uh, 30 Seconds to Mars fans. So, um, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Um, John Spartan ingratiates himself. Then he murders Jared Leto and takes over the group. Uh, the group becomes more powerful under John Spartan like a, a political force, like a terrorist political force and start to affect change. They become called uh, known as the Spartanists because uh, Lenina knows something about Spartan. She was given the job to oversee him because she um, she has what Sandra Bullock had. She has a thirst for action, a thirst for stimulation that she kind of shared with Spartan. So they thought that she could help him matriculate because she shares some of those commonalities she's given the task to help bring Spartan to justice and to quell this, what's functionally, rebellion. So in the process of watching these, these two sides go at each other, we see what society's become, what the counter-society is, and how they affect each other. Uh, ultimately, the counter-society is small. Oh, uh, Lenina has a partner in the, uh, the original movie, and I gave her a partner in this one that was alfredo and garcia i think was her alfredo partner. garcia and yeah. in this movie is played by diego luna god he's damn somebody it. that she yeah she can bounce stuff off of they yeah. can you, you have luna too somewhere yeah i got uh, i got th- luna in there too yeah, yeah yeah they can bounce stuff it's like a robin it's like having a robin you can bounce stuff off of them and have conversations with somebody in mm-hmm. this case diego luna is the person i gave her for that uh, through the efforts of modern society, so it's not just hurts through the efforts of her mobilizing society and the fact that people want to live in this utopian world, so they make the effort to preserve their utopian way of life. The Spartanists are uh, brought uh, low. the The rebellion is basically quelled, and it comes back down to Spartan versus Huxley, Lenina Huxley, at the original uh, remnants of the nuclear facility. Uh, Spartan physically of course has everything over Lena Huxley but she manages to shoot him with a um a nano bullet not one that kills you but that uh, reinstalls the uh, basically medical programming that calms you down mm-hmm. and they have a conversation they have a long conversation at the end of the movie as these drugs take effect and as the um as the conversation takes effect uh, John Spartan is sitting there with his gun in his hand. And he's in the moment thinking that what he says way earlier in the movie that I forgot to mention, which is this tagline from the first movie, which is it takes a maniac to stop a maniac that he says before he goes in after um, Simon Phoenix. Yeah. He looks at his gun. He says, it takes a maniac to stop a maniac. He realizes that he does not belong in the society and doesn't want to live in the society. Fade to black. You hear Spartan. No. And then a gunshot. And that's the end of the movie. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's, it's a dark, socially conscious take, very serious take. Um my director for this experience cuz it's I want an experience is uh, Ridley Scott. Okay. Um, yeah, Ridley Scott who yeah. definitely would be able to with that
0: tone be able to do pretty well.
2: Yeah, I'm looking for somebody who can do heavy lifting with a, a female lead because there's going to be, you know, a lot of focus on Spartan, but also a lot of focus on Lenina, Um, because she is the co-lead. She's not like the support character, the romantic interest. She's the, the co-lead as their direct antagonist, mm-hmm. like face off. Um, and I, I want the future to be like visually captivating and disconcerting, but I want it to like really play in that, that serious tone. Um, and I, I want to feel a lot of what Spartan feels as he sees the future uh, from his point of view too, shared on screen. Sure. So I think that Ridley Scott can really make that sing. Nice.
0: Hell yeah! And although <laughs> I could just imagine I would love to be in the room when somebody's trying to pitch to Ridley Scott that he should do a remake of Demolition Man. Like, <laughs> be like, this is what we're thinking, and then just kind of like does it step by step and pulls out this story and, and like with and with your vision, we could really nail this. And Ridley Scott is sitting there like, "Demolit the Taco Bell movie." That's the <laughs> that's the one that you want me to remake. Cool. Do you cool, know cool. how
2: old I am? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but no, I, th- I think that's a really interesting take on it. I definitely went kind of a similar direction as far as a more uh, like politically and socially focused uh, approach to this material and a much more serious tone than uh, the original one was, which there was nothing serious about the original rob schneider was in it so therefore
2: there <laughs> yeah, is... For some reason i remember him having a bigger role i guess that's because he was in uh judge Dredd yeah in a bigger role
0: yeah he was like the stallone sidekick for a couple movies for some reason but uh
2: yeah i feel like there's got to be a cut of demolition man with more rob schneider stuff in it the rob schneider cut yeah let's <laughs> yeah. Fuck, the, fuck the Zack schneider
0: cut we need the rob schneider <laughs> cut
2: <laughs> There's like a 15 minute outtake of him like going to Taco Bell with the gang and yeah, <laughs> him just like
0: oh demolition oh demolitiony man uh, <laughs> making copy. making copies El Demolitiono yeah, <laughs> but yeah with mine um the, let me let me just kind of jump right into it here um for this one, I decided I was gonna really focus on some of the main. Points that the original movie was making um, I felt, yeah, like we discussed, there, there was like a weird like we should be able to like <laughs> say mildly racist stuff and eat hamburgers and it's like that's, <laughs> that's maybe not the most important thing in the world um, but there is something to the conversation about the people living in the sewers and the people that were fine dining at a like fancy Taco Bell and how mm-hmm. there was a major disparagement um, between the life that people a- were able to live Based on personal freedom, uh, and if you tweak yeah. that in a way that it's talking about the throwaways of society as opposed to people that wanted to eat hamburgers, then there is something there to to have a discussion about. And I wanted go to go more train- Hunger Games with it. Uh, well, I actually decided to make maybe do like an alternate future conversation um, that's been done by this director before, um, set in a place where there was a massive. Um, a, uh, a massive uh, split of, of power between the the people in power and the people that were being controlled. Um, I'm I'm taking on like an alternate future uh, apartheid uh, version of Demolition okay. Man. <laughs> so this takes place in South Africa as opposed to Los Angeles. And oh this Van Dam. Yeah, and this is basically instead of apartheid ending when it did, this is like a alternate future version where like things get really bad as people revolt against it and uh, the winners win um that that the, it, it continues on and it gets worse and it gets so homogenized and um and bad that you end up with like a kind of a version of demolition man but it's more focused on not not just black and white but also um the throwaways of society that like lower income or like um or classless people um uh-huh and uh so there there are people that there are underground areas that people live. There are also like the outlying kind of wastelands of this like perfect city um, that does have crippling amounts of laws to it that if you're rich enough, it's fine. So there, it's like one of those that laws only apply to the poor, because if you're rich enough, then you... this is the ultimate extension of that. Yeah. Um, so there is very much that thing, which I was trying to think of how to work the tickets because the tickets were everywhere and if you're super <laughs> fucking rich do you care like that does it matter at all if you're gonna drop the f-bomb it's fine like it's not a big deal
2: yeah who fills the paper on the ticket counter in people's houses like if <laughs> so you're cursing your house and there's like ah, you you have received a sort of violation does so like a meter maid come by to your house like every week to refill the paper don't mind me it's refilling the paper. I
0: want like a the office style interview with the, with the paper filler people where they're just like, it's always the bathroom. People cost more <laughs> in the bathroom than anywhere. Else. Like they know the ticket dispensers in there. I don't know why they think they can get away with it in the bathroom, but here we are. <laughs> um, But yeah, so there, there is a, the, there's a uh, economic um, uh, racial and uh, social disparagement between the upper crust and the, and the, and the, impoverished and uh and throw away members of society society uh lgbtq community and and the like as well it's like it's very much a white city quote unquote um in, uh-huh. in this version of it and then you have kind of pre this getting bad you know where there were um there was more of an incorporation of, of races in south africa uh, it from the past that get thought out to like Fight one another. The same story as the actual demolition man. John Spartan was a soldier in, in South Africa that definitely had a lot of uh, doubts about what his role was as things were getting really bad um, and was basically used as a, uh, as a sacrificial lamb by Simon Phoenix to point to the evils of the government that was controlling the, the country um, by showing th- the soldiers were just killing innocents. And he framed John Spartan for it um, as an example of, like, the the government, you know, not only using black soldiers to enforce their terrible rules, but they're, like, killing civilians and just, like, trying to hammer Mm -hmm. it home. Um, So there was nothing personal between Simon Phoenix and John Spartan in this, really. It was more that John Spartan was the sacrificial lamb to get this point across by Simon Phoenix. And so years later, um, there is this growing terrorist cell with the Underdweller people and uh, they decide like in the original to thaw out um, Simon Phoenix uh, as a way of like trying to kill their leader Um, because, you know, this is somebody that has, you know, through history um, in that kind of society, his history is altered where he was just like a directionless maniac. He didn't stand for anything. He wasn't you know, a freedom fighter, quote unquote, or anything. he was just this monster that killed people and uh and was uh-huh. an, an anarchist with no no cause for it. and so uh they could pin some terrible thing on them and just throw it away as yeah, yeah, he's a crazy person he He got thought out, it's crazy. um when of course, that goes completely sideways, and uh Simon Phoenix not only teams up with the underdwellers. But uh, it, he is pro- programmed, like in the original movie, but um, it's that, like, internal fight moment where he's fighting what he actually feels versus what he's been, like, programmed to do. Um, mm-hmm. And he ends up basically kind of leading them uh, against the this new, you know, deeply problematic government. John Spartan gets th- thought out to fight him. And uh, so for Simon Phoenix, I've got Michael Jai White has oh Phoenix. My. He's, got, he's really high energy. He, he can have that really like in, intimidating and aggressive tone, but also there's like a wink behind it as well, which I kind uh-huh. of dig. Um, and John Spartan, I uh, went with uh, Jimon Hongzu, who is uh, yeah. in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's, well, he's in everything. Yeah, old school like the old school. Amistad. Give uh, us yep. us fee. Yes. Uh, he, incredible actor. Uh, he can play it intense. He can play it a little bit fun, too. Um, I think it would be really fun to pair these two against one another, but in this kind of, like, they don't necessarily disagree, but John Spartan is one that just kind of, like, st- goes by the, the rules a little bit more than Simon Phoenix does, until he doesn't. They have a couple run-ins with one another. Uh, the forces are growing within these Underdwellers uh, with Simon Phoenix, using all of the tools that they programmed his brain with um, to kill the Underdwellers to actually st- st- cause terrorist attacks around the city, and it's getting crazy, and uh, soldiers are starting to line the streets. Um, John Spartan is the one that kind of has insight into how Simon Phoenix thinks from him trying to take him down in the past. Um, similar storyline, except when, as he's working on trying to take down Simon Phoenix, he starts to see that there's, like, stuff's not lining up properly. Like, there, there seems to be something, like, Insidious happening behind this, like, clearly openly insidious city that he's now a part of. Um, He's already not stoked about what he's seeing about the world, but adding on that there's clearly some underworkings to, like, frame people and stuff. He is not really sure where he he lies. Then he ends up getting captured along with uh, Lenina Huxley, who is his kind of um, Sherpa through this future land, um, played Uh by uh, Charlize Theron. Nice. And I wanted to get... it's another African, huh? Well, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, strangely enough, yes. Um, I I did want to have at least a a few African actors in there if we're uh, having it take place in Africa. It only makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And although Charlize uh, traditionally doesn't play quote-unquote African roles, (laughs) uh, in this context, I mean, I think it would be interesting for her to come from South Africa as a white woman to... Yeah have like be able to play into those insights a little bit. So basically what puts Sean Spartan over the edge is that he finds out that uh, Lenina Huxley has actually been secretly feeding the underdwellers like movements and information about the the soldiers in the in the um in the country and what they're doing to help their cause while secretly being on the police force or will be on the police force as well. So she's actually with them. So she's got a foot in both worlds, um which is part of the reason why she was able to identify with John Spartan so much when he came out of the thaw is because she understands like that, the nature of his world, where he comes from a little bit more than a, just a common person uh, would, because she's helping with this rebellion. and um, Nice. And so Simon Phoenix and John Spartan, their biggest argument with one another is the loss of innocent lives, is that John Spartan will not. Approve that, like he's not going to let innocent people die to prove a point. Whereas Simon Phoenix, it's like by any means necessary. Uh, Lena Huxley, uh, Lena Huxley, definitely at one point thinks that Simon Phoenix is going too far, which is when she kind of like pulls John Spartan in to like, like we got to stop him. Like this, I support this cause, but this isn't the way. This is going to backfire, and they're going to be seen as monsters, and then um, we won't be able to get anywhere. Um, the Edgar Friendly, who is the the Previous leader of the Underdwellers before Simon Phoenix comes into play, I had to put in uh, Charlto Copley. Uh, he was in District Nine. He was like the main dude in District Nine. He was in Elysium uh-huh. as well. Um, he, ah, yeah, yeah. Which might give you some hints as to who my director might be in this uh, in this context. But uh, he's a great character actor. He can play intense. He can play really silly and fun. Um, I think he'd be a, a lot of fun in that. Um, previously uh stand-up comedian role uh that was <laughs> that was uh-huh. uh, Edgar friendly. Then uh for Chief George Earl, the bald chief at the station, who's just kind of a hard ass as, as much as anybody can be in this like homogenized world that exists. Um I wanted somebody that could get mean um and get a little scary. Uh and seeing him in whiplash, uh JK Simmons I think would be really fun in that role as just the Oh like, definitely a mixture of him being um in the Spider-Man movies as J. Jonah Jameson and also in Whiplash it just a barking orders, loud, angry chief uh seems like a lot of fun in this role. And then um the real villain of all this is Dr. Raymond Cocteau, um who is the villain in the movie in the original movie. But in this case he's almost like a cult leader where he's incorporated religion, philosophy, uh, and politics in one one fused like way of running society and it's um and it 's uh deeply racist and uh bigoted and uh and cultish the way that the country is running and it looks like everything's running really well because there is like minimal crime and stuff, but that 's the same thing that you see in any kind of like fascist society. Is that if you murder anybody that like shoplifts, there's going to be left shoplifting? You know, that's just kind of the, <laughs> the state of things. Except mind. for the people that are in your cabal. Exactly. Yes, I'll
2: take that. Oh, you're in the cabal. Okay, yes, you may take whatever you'd like. My exactly. family doesn't need to eat. You're fine. So that's that's
0: the version of Raymond Cattau uh, cocktail that we get in this version, where he's just like this almost cult leader that is running this country that is a uh, that is deeply fascist and 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 terrible, and uh, he's. Been selling this lie this whole time, and I think you know you want somebody that's like the devil with a smile kind of person for that role. And I couldn't think of anything uh-huh. anybody better than Christoph Waltz to play that role, as just oh yeah, just the smiling, charismatic but deeply evil character. Um, then we've got Alfreda Garcia, the sidekick to Lenina Huxley. I did also get Diego Luna for that role. It it seemed appropriate. I, uh, he works and well, and he's also, he was in Elysium as well. And if you haven't guessed already, my director is Neil Blomkamp who did,
2: uh, now did you go with him because of the South Africa connection? Somewhat.
0: Uh, but also uh, I was looking at that the, uh, the common thread between all three of his biggest movies, district nine, Chappie and Elysium is that there is like an above and below society. In Mm -hmm. in District Nine, the above society, the spaceship society, are the ones that are like actually poor and and like disenfranchised. Um, Chappie, there's just like there's a cultural, uh, just hard separation in South Africa, and and that is definitely explored in that conversation. Elysium, there's literally a space station of rich people (laughs) that are like away from the 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 plebs on on Earth, so it made sense that. Not only because it's a South African conversation, but, um, and about apartheid, but also because it is literally separate societies that are, are, that are forced to kind of be together in one Mm -hmm. way, shape or form. And that's, has been a major common theme for him. And, uh, so I I think it would be really interesting to see what he would do with this in that same kind of context of exploring what it's like to be the disenfranchised members of society without a voice. And then having somebody that stands up as the voice, even though they weren't technically a part of that society for the longest time, like that's District 9, that's in Chappie, that's in Elysium, that there's like that one person that can kind of stand up and be the voice uh, for that, for for the voiceless.
2: Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, what country owns that genre right now is South Korea, like 70% of the content they make is about the separation of the haves and the have nots. So that is in the conversation all the time anyway, but especially right now. Oh, sure. With with stuff like, um, what was the uh, the game show one that was on Netflix? Oh, Squid Game. Yeah. Squid Game mm-hmm. and Parasite. Even Burning was about, I loved Burning, but even that was about the the separation of the haves and the have-nots. True, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah just really interesting stuff. I, I dig it. So, yeah, I think,
0: yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, definitely South Korea is doing a lot in that, in that uh, genre. But uh, I, I just thought it would be interesting to incorporate like actual history and just do like an alternate future version of it, um, where it, to have that conversation. And uh, the the basic gist is that you know the, the that uh, Raymond Cocktail is exposed for um, for who he really is, and that there's this been this like really disgusting like corrupted government that everybody gets access to all that information. Um, of course, John Simon, uh, John Spartan, and Simon Phoenix have that of course classic action movie moment. Where uh Simon Phoenix uh is about to blow up innocent people. John Spartan st- stops him by shooting him, uh, and then either like he falls and then Spartan grabs him and then he tries not to let go, but then Simon Phoenix is like, No, let me go, and like pushes off, or he just like <laughs> dies in his arm. You can pick which one you want. Um but basically kind of Simon Phoenix at the end being like, No, you right. Um and uh and accepting that spartan had the more honorable way of approaching this and spartan basically ends Mm -hmm. up kind of taking the lead of these underlings as a real revolution is starting with all people
2: and uh, awesome yeah but he still keeps the standard and that's what you want you still want somebody to uh to support the underdogs in the end and not the evil system yeah (laughs) (laughs) um there isn't really any good movies that well,
0: no, that's not true. The only movie I can think of offhand that supports the evil system that you're like rooting for the bad guys almost and you're totally fine with it is I don't know why it's OK that fascism is OK to root for if it's in space. But Starship Troopers <laughs> like <laughs> like you're like,
2: yay, fascism, the whole movie. And yeah, but that's if, that's that's the intentional uh, joke of the movie. Sure. Yeah. yeah, Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so you're rah rah because of how it's packaged. You're like, yes. I support fascism and I support fascism. Me too. <laughs> I'm collecting cans to support fascism. Yep.
0: And I thought about kind of approaching this movie that same way of having a, a very like satirical approach to it where it's like, hooray, oppression, you know, and <laughs> um I just I couldn't I couldn't find the right, you know, recipe to make that work. But it's a it's a hard tone to get right. Yeah, definitely. So we definitely both went a little bit more political with our uh real takes. The next version that we're looking at here is probably not going to be quite as intense. Um, I'm just assuming here, but we're talking about our remix versions of these. Uh,
2: remix.
1: remix!
0: I'm never going like to have the, a sound the Wesley word.
1: Snipe drop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Seriously, if you haven't watched Demolition Man in a while, and this inspires you to watch it, look out for the 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 dj record scratching anytime wesley snipes like kung fu kicks somebody and uh then there's also the the like in the museum deeply deeply racist (laughs) moment wesley snipes is just like you'll know when you hear it it is shocking yeah if you missed it what is your life like um (laughs) this is pretty clear um there's (laughs) Whew. <laughs> There's some interesting moments in this movie. But overall still a really fun time. It's goofy and dumb and and just a, a good fun ride. But um Oh yeah, yeah. For this version of this fun ride, uh what are we looking at for your your version?
2: So, my remix, really simple, uh it's a direct remake. Um it's like a 2010s remake, like or maybe like a 2005 remake when they were remaking things like starsky and hutch or the just nostalgia remake basically okay but updated uh to focus on humor and to focus on the era specific humor so everything is hilariously politically incorrect so that like that wesley snipes doing that thing is basically 75 percent of the movie oh like, no. like a hangover kind of vibe <laughs>
0: no okay well i mean thing is That would probably do really, really well.
2: Um, Yeah, no, it would be a cult classic right now, and frat dudes would still be watching it and loving the shit out of it. Yep. But uh, basically, what I have is a comedy, focus on comedy versus action. Still action, but focus on comedy. Uh, And there's not a whole lot that's different plot-wise. Just like I said, the, the difference is basically the greater focus on the comedy. My John Spartan is John Cena. Uh my okay. Simon Phoenix is Kevin Hart. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and so the 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 comedy in that situation in itself is part of the thing. Uh my Lenina Huxley is Kate McKinnon. Um Warden Smithers is Stephen Root, who you may know from News Radio and Office Space of and course. King of the Hill. They have you and seen my favorite. Shot, Um and a Alfredo. Very,
0: very, brief cameo in the book of Boba Fett as well, actually. Yeah. So.
2: And, and in the book of Boba Fett, most recently, uh, my Alfredo Garcia is Wilmer Voldorama because he can do humor and I haven't seen him in anything specific in years. Uh, Edgar friendly, Neil Patrick Harris, nice. Who was the analyst in the matrix movies, uh, chief George Earl, uh, who was the, the chief of police in the sure. original one, uh, Tim Meadows. Uh, dr raymond cocteau is jemaine clement okay yeah i can see Uh, him as a cult leader type character for sure yeah 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 oh definitely definitely um associate bob is eric stone street who you may not know but he is one of the characters on modern family Okay. There's like the uh, the gay couple and he's the uh, the the heavy guy who's in the gay couple. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He he's got like a very similar actor vibe sure. to the guy who played him originally. Um and the only specific thing that I pulled out for this is I want a scene where Kevin Hart is eating some cereal or some ice cream or something in the background. Out of one of the seashells, while people in the foreground are describing what the three seashells oh, no. are actually for.
0: That's pretty good. Okay, and that's that the is, vibe of the movie that I'm that going for. That is solid. Yeah. Um,
2: and so the like I said, the tone is like uh, like a 2010s comedy, kind of like uh, the tone of like a 21 Jump Street or a Starsky and Hutch. And uh, the per- director I've chosen for that is Todd Phillips, who of people course. know now from The Joker. But Todd Phillips' signature style is from the hangover films and old school and road trip just uh like inappropriate humor vibes uh that's what i'm going for now i think that he is the guy for that movie that was a big conversation
0: that he had years ago when uh when joker came out he was talking about how it was hard for him to think about doing comedies anymore because uh he apparently comedy is dead because of pc culture According to him, which hey, I, I remember is, that, yeah, I always think it's hilarious when people are like, "Yeah, you can't make any jokes at all ever anymore because of PC culture." I'm like, "Did you just have racist jokes then? Like, what? Why
2: <laughs> all jokes? Well, I... it's a it's a complicated conversation. Culture changes, society changes, and you are either willing to change and adapt. Yeah, those things may not be funny anymore. The, I I believe that there is something lost, but there's probably more gained in that transition. Sure. So you just don't roll with it and you can still say those things and what happens when you say those things is what happens to you so you'll have to accept that yep. if you want to say those things but you don't have to you can just adapt or do something else and with any kind of cultural shift in any any country in any, any point in
0: history uh there always tends to be an overcorrection you look at the french revolution and they were yep. literally like pulling like royalty out and like chopping their heads off in public so like yeah there there is some overreaction sometimes on how you Um, Or at least celebration of of uh, of being the popular voice, you know, when there's a culture shift,
2: kind of how you get to the change. If you if you don't overcreate, if you don't shoot beyond the point that you want to get to, then you then because of the backlash, because of the tension that's pulling, pushing against you, you might never get to the point that you want to get to. Exactly. is it
0: like bargaining, that if you're at a yard sale and it says $10, and you're like, I'm going to give you five, knowing that they're not going to accept five, but they might come down to seven. You know, that, that you have to... Exactly. Yeah. And uh, that that's what culture does all the time, always has done that. And uh, so, yeah, th- those big big swings that people take on PC culture and stuff, that's the ones that people point to, like, comedy's dead because somebody on the internet said this was dumb. And it's like, that is literally one person in the world that is saying that like (laughs) you can't point to that and say that's the entire culture it's nonsense but but that being said yeah that has um a little bit to do with my version as well i didn't go quite the same direction that you did with yours but i definitely we was walking in the same ballpark of it is that i Uh wanted um just a really slick like action movie vibe to it that didn't really worry about Taking like racial stereotypes and uh and, and the like, you know, they weren't really worried about uh about that being a problem. Um that they're still included in. It's just a slick action movie with uh very two dimensional characters. Uh everybody is like has, you know, top forty like dance music intro scenes in slow motion. Um there's really really Cool heist concept, like concept cars that are in the movie as future cars that are driving, you know, 120 miles an hour during the like eight car chases during this movie. Um, uh huh. Everybody is impeccably dressed and looks like good at at every point. There is no like moment that they're wearing something dumb, unless that's the joke in the scene. <laughs> um, and uh, so I, th- laying it out basically, this is slick. There's no political commentary. There's no insight to be made from this. It's just a big, dumb, explodey, fun action movie. John Spartan, The Rock. We got him just being The Rock, being the same character he is in every movie, and that's not an insult. He is
2: the action star. Yeah,
0: and that's not an insult. He's great at the thing that he does, and I love seeing it, and I'm not mad about it. So just be The Rock as John Spartan. Um, Do the eyebrow thing, cool. And then we've got um, (laughs) Simon Phoenix. I wanted somebody that could play off of... the Rock relatively well that had a comedic presence but also was like a, a big man um, and this is a dude that was in a movie with Mark Wahlberg on Netflix uh, whose, whose name escapes me but he was kind of like the tech sidekick but he's a massive man and also he, he was uh, in uh, Black Panther as well Winston Duke as Simon Spencer Phoenix. Confidential. Spencer Confidential that is the movie actually not great but not bad as a movie so
2: i used to watch spencer for hire back in the day yeah uh, and it's in its offshoot show the man called hawk and i have not seen spencer confidential it just <laughs> it, i didn't want to sully the memory of spencer for hire with whatever this movie was fair enough and it, it is basically <laughs> just like a
0: a slick uh dumb fun kind of actiony deal uh so you, you didn't miss <laughs> a whole lot but Winston Duke is great in everything that I've seen him in, whether the movie is good or he not. He is. Um, Us, I, yeah. I think it would be a really good time to see Winston Duke versus The Rock, like, playing off of each other. I I see that as just being a really good time. Of course, Lenina Huxley, Gal Gadot, you gotta do it. Um, and, so sexy, Yeah, I mean, and you you need that, <laughs> like, you know, beyond impossible hotness, like, model, mm-hmm. tall model character to play in this version. Um and we're following a lot of the same beats as the original but it's just with like much higher action. Yes, there's guns. There's so many guns. There's guns everywhere. They're lousy with them. You can just say that the cops have guns and then they get stolen or like Simon Phoenix finds like a a like a a warehouse that the cops keep like the guns that they confiscated back in the in the 2010s and uh and then boom, he's got an arsenal and an army and shit. And then you have guns, cool. Um and laser <laughs> guns too. Why not? And uh, ones that don't overheat immediately. And then uh, <laughs> we've got Edgar Friendly, who is the uh, underground's leader, um, pl- previously played by Dennis Leary. We're going to get Ryan Reynolds in there to be the funny underground guy. And maybe even oh, of do course, the why joke. why not? The joke that everybody is filthy down there, except Ryan Reynolds, who has like a perfectly clean face, except for like <laughs> one little grease mark on his cheek, and that's it. And he's like just perfectly clean otherwise like nice crisp clothes one little little mark on his face done um then because that's just ryan reynolds because that's just ryan reynolds Dude, yeah yeah and i'm um, the and then you've also got the rock ryan reynolds and gal gadot working together again after working in uh was it red red notice red red notice yeah yeah um, which was a big dumb fun action movie as well then you've got chief uh george <sighs> earl That's Mark Wahlberg just being like angry racist Bostonian police chief kind of vibe, (laughs) and just barking out orders and calling people, you know, phrases that probably shouldn't be using in the future. Um, And then the villain, the Dr. Raymond Cocteau, the uh, the cult leader slash governor, whatever kind of thing this dude was doing in the original. I wanted to give the Tooch a mustache twirly moment, so Stanley Tucci. (laughs) <laughs> as uh as the man behind the curtain pulling all the strings
2: it's very perfect that is very perfect i think he would he would
0: also have so much fun in that role just chewing every bit of scenery and just having a great time with it and then of course alfredo garcia you need the character actor that's going to be so stereotypically his race that it is racist even though he is that race like that that it's like you had that character in the first Transformers movie, you had the two robots in the second Transformers movie, like you need that character that is just like problematically their race in in as far as like stereotypes go. So John Leguizamo as Alfredo Garcia uh, in there just being as Hispanic as humanly possible um in this role he
2: he can do it i don't know if you ever saw some of his uh his like one man uh show specials from the 90s oh i did yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. so that
0: was part of the reason why i'm like yeah he can do it (laughs) and of course the person that is making this big explodey fun somewhat problematic uh, action movie of course is a problematic person himself michael bay uh doing (laughs) everything because why not and because you watch his movies, and there is no focus on making this, like, not a problem. Like, there's so many, like, <laughs> issues with his movies that are... They're not massive issues, mind you. They're just, like, minor things for the most part, but it's just a little tone deaf sometimes with his approach to stuff. And uh, Because he
2: doesn't have to care.
0: He doesn't have to care, because, you know, the audience is big enough that's there for those movies that, yeah, why why would he care? And uh, I I think it would just Did- be the right choice for a, like a slick um high budget version of Demol- demolition man uh to get michael bay on board and just say fuck it
2: yeah, he makes he he makes a product that I think does definitely work for De- Demolition Man and he's made movies that I'm like oh man I like that movie but did you see Six Underground? I did, did you see Six Underground I did. Man, I'm really open for what Netflix puts out usually and if something's funky I'm like ah hey, it was free. Six Underground was terrible. It was really bad. It was, I I took it the so bad two separate occasions to try to
0: watch it. I turned it on the first time, and I think I got through the first car chase before I was like, okay, "I'm done." I <laughs> <laughs> like the Why are driving minute... on the moon.
2: Oh, and now they're on, they're driving on the water. Okay, and oh, now they're driving on the side of a building. What, yeah. what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, it was
0: it was one of those that they were trying to keep it more grounded than the Fast and the Furious movies, which isn't hard, uh, but it was still kind of like insane what they were trying to do, and uh, just the the repartee that was taking place during uh, during this chase scene. I was just not about it at all. So, um, I think it would be interesting to see Michael Bay ruin another property from my youth. Um, <laughs> but one that is already so bad that I'm not like that mad at it, where it's like you can oh, only well, make it so much dumber. Oh, I could be dumber. a billion
2: dollar movie. Oh, it could. It very, if
0: just all the explosions in the world, you've got like that that car chase scene that's towards the end of the movie. You've got, like, of course, a bunch of like hand-to-hand combat shit happening. You've got dumb future costumes. Um, you've got... I mean, you could make half your money just by another Taco Bell plug.
2: So, oh, it'd be, it'd be amazing. Actually, so uh, I tried to watch some of Demolition Man with my girlfriend, and one of the things that I verbally... That, that caught me by surprise was they blow up a large building at the beginning of the movie, which is something that just movies did back in the old days. But it was a real explosion of this large building. I was like, oh, my God, that's a real explosion. They don't happen as often in the modern time. No, they don't. Yeah. I think think Michael Bay would have some real explosions in there. I think it'd be uh, I think it'd be pretty great, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing is,
0: like, it it wouldn't be good by any stretch because Michael Bay isn't in the business of making good movies. But it would be fun. And it'd
2: be. A good time,
0: which he, is the the hallmark of the original one. Yep. It's a good time. It is a good time, and uh, I I uh, actually introduced uh, Amy bogart to Demolition Man um, a couple years ago. On oh, it was my birthday, and I got to choose what movie. And so I used that as an opportunity to make her watch something I thought she was going to hate. By the end of the movie, she was like, "That's amazing! I love that movie. That was so <laughs> much fun." She she was in for the ride. She she knew exactly what kind of movie it was very early on and just like buckled in and had a great time with it and was like yeah the movie's amazing. So um
2: it, it's it's the being able to put your vision on screen. So even if you don't agree with somebody's vision, if you see that somebody went just balls out on something that is like how did this get made? Some of the stuff yep. in there, how did this get made? Then you got to respect that a little bit. A little bit, yeah. So that is our uh four versions
0: of uh of this of demolition man and i think we got some really interesting uh choices
2: there uh do you have any ideas for mashups uh i did have one actually had a couple come to mind uh one was uh time cup Ooh, okay where where john spartan has upset the timeline so we have to bring in time cup to uh come and deal with him uh i think that would be a lot of fun especially made as a 90s movie uh uh, mush, yeah,
0: kiss kiss. 100%, uh, yeah kiss
2: 100 yeah another weird one is zardoz <laughs> <And> I, I, <laughs> oh, please continue i am i'm interested so zardoz is about what you were talking about it's about the haves and the have-nots and this the separate lives they live and how the the making of that society is detrimental to both parties and in this case inside the city the people that are living well are the people that live in uh was it francisco or san angeles san angeles the i think is what it was yeah san angeles they're the haves so we never see what's outside the city but outside the city is zardoz and so zed makes his way into the city and causes chaos in the same way that john spartan does in my version of the uh, series movie nice well done okay
0: I got a couple as well that I was thinking of. Uh, the first one that seemed like kind of an obvious choice is uh, because the the glazed over look on most of the actors' face in the original, and the weird choice that they're like listening to old jingles and uh, and saying like happy joy joy feelings and murder death kill <laughs> yeah. and just just it sounds like baby garbage, um, like words. <laughs> I was like, oh,
2: because they're they're singing the uh, the freaking uh, J- armor hot Dog armor jingle. hot dogs <laughs> jingle and shit. <laughs> so i'm
0: like there is a there is some like shared space on on this diagram between uh, demolition man and idiocracy a bit
2: <laughs> there is
0: we're like every, everything's is. been automated to a place where like nobody really has to do anything in the society anymore and everybody's just gotten dumber and uh of course rob schneider's in it so everyone's gotten dumber and uh and the cops are just kind of standing around there's so many cops there's one 911 operator and it's rob schneider like, he's, he's the one to be like, Happy 911, what can I do for you? And then all the co- other cops are just, like, drinking coffee. Or not coffee, like, the juice drinks or something. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. <laughs>
2: You're drinking Mountain
0: Dew. Baja Blast. Uh, from... Yeah, The blue one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, just hanging out and hoping that somebody, like, I don't know, like, parks illegally or something. Um, so the idea of it, things being so... Easy in life and automated that everybody just becomes really dumb. Definitely can feed into idiocracy, and I think that'd be fun to see. Just I'm loving that. Just make make it dumber. Like everybody in the future is just an idiot, and uh, that's part of the like what the fuck of the moment of Simon Phoenix and John Spartan coming back is that they're like, wow, you guys are like, you're you're future people. Like you're supposed to be like traveling in space and like being able to like with teleporter technology and like flying cars and shit and you like don't know how to say words right like that's and and they're just like frustrated half most of the time because they can't even like engage people in any real way because everybody's just an idiot um i I think that'd be yeah, a lot of fun
2: that, that would work really well you know what is interesting to me right now in this moment i'm thinking about it so we have four main pitches we've made three mashup pitches and none of these pitches have we directly addressed and this is a kind of a one of the points of the movie was the people don't touch during sex anymore yeah is is that so far out of our movie culture as a thing that we don't even consider that when we're like oh i'm gonna pitch a movie that have to have sex because that's not what sells right now that's just interesting because i I had that written down as a point but i didn't i didn't incorporate it into any of my yeah i didn't either i didn't either
0: i think because like nobody wants to see that like that's just uh, it was an interesting. <laughs> we have porn, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there was an interesting point in putting that in there is that like, what is you, you know that this world is so weird that they don't even have sex anymore, and Stallone just being like, what, you know? But, um, but no, nobody wants a movie that like that's a major part of the conversation, you know, like because sex sells, not sex doesn't sell. So, um, yeah, yeah, but the the one other idea that I had and you brought up a couple times about like the, the big action heroes of the time and stuff. Um, there is a movie that incorporates a lot of our favorite action heroes from the eighties and nineties. And why not incorporate that into demolition man, where there's even a moment where um, Simon Phoenix talks about thawing out some of his guys to help him in, in the later parts of the movie. So why not get John Spartan to get his like ragtag group of cops that play by their own <laughs> rules, and then you have like an Expendables Demolition Man oh, combo. That'd be, that'd
2: be so awesome.
0: That would be so fucking epic. You've got like all the heavy hitters of the '80s and '90s in there, just doing their thing, um, and and running around, and just like these big units of good guys and bad guys, GI Joe style, going through this future city, uh, just blowing shit up. It'd be a great time.
2: Yeah, that'd be awesome. What a wonderful exercise in in stroking our our just fond memories of the 90s the Expendables was. Oh, like 100%. As far as the cash in on like a nostalgia. Well, you're brilliant, Stallone. You're brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: eight pitches that we've done on this episode. <laughs> I think we've done about the best that we can for Demolition Man. So now we got to pick uh one of our versions uh to do a, a trailer for. Uh, Before we get out of here So I think I'm going to do I think it's going to be more fun for me to do The Michael Bay version For a trailer So I think that's what I'm going to do What are you going to do for your trailer
2: Uh, I'm doing my uh, Ridley Scott version
0: Okay sweet Let me get the music going
2: John Spartan was out of control at a time and place that needed Out of control It takes a maniac to stop a maniac Jace Momoa is John Spartan, a man of time, a man who will do anything to make now, then. Kiki Lane is Lenita Huxley, a woman who will be pushed to her limits if she tries to stop him. Join them as they wrestle for the fate of Mega City, San Angeles. John Spartan is a man of time, the calendar, and the only appointment marked on that calendar is for today, and it says, <laughs> society, is scheduled for demolition. Ridley Scott's Demolition Man, coming soon to a theater near you.
0: God damn it. <laughs> and that date is today.
2: <laughs> it
0: says d- d- destruction.
2: <laughs> Jesus. I'm a fucking nerd. Yeah, well, I'm
0: not going to do a whole lot better here. Um. So, yeah, this is the... Let me pull up my list of people here. Okay. So yeah, this is my Michael Bay version here.
1: In a world that's been homogenized to the point where people don't even touch when they fuck, comes the action heroes (laughs) to save the day. Join John Spartan, played by The Rock, and Simon Phoenix, played by Winston Duke, as they duke it out in the future. Michael Bay's demolition man. Meet John Spartan, a cop that won't stop from the 1980s Los Angeles, brought to the future to stop an evil uh, villain from his past that is trying to destroy the the peaceful world of San Angeles. John Spartan teams up with Lenita Huxley played by Gal Gadot as they run around the city looking for uh, Simon Phoenix By following his path of destruction, along the way they come across Edgar Friendly, played by Ryan Reynolds, an underdweller just trying to live free or die from heart disease because he likes cheeseburgers. Chief George Earl is always (laughs) on the case, played by Mark Wahlberg. Hey guys! So I got that. Uh,
2: (laughs) Come and have a Wahlburger.
1: Eventually, they realize the real villain is Dr. Raymond Cocteau, the. Person in charge of the little experiment that could that turned St. Angeles into a dystopian fascist hell state, uh, and also featuring John Leguizamo as Alfredo Garcia. I'm not gonna do an, an impression uh, that. Come on. Yeah, that, tacos. I don't, okay. Um, <laughs>
0: oh, no. Yeah, I don't Cut it out. Something <laughs> deeply racist.
1: Um, this summer. Uh, destroy the competition. Destroy your enemies. Michael Bay's Demolition Man. <laughs> Yay!
2: Destroy the toilet bowl with Taco Bell. Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) All right, so that is our uh, versions of Demolition Man and our trailer for this episode of Smack My Pitch Up. Thank you so much to my co-host, Dondi, for uh, joining me on this futuristic journey into the homogenized world of San Angeles.
2: Always a good time.
0: Yeah, and uh, if you have some insights into what you think we should have mashed up with Demolition Man, or who you think really the best choice to play Simon Phoenix or John Spartan or any of the other actors, hit us up on our, hit us up on our social media, uh, GYpodcast.com to find the links there. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, I'm thinking about doing an Instagram. Depends. If you guys interact with us more on Twitter and Facebook, I'll do an Instagram for us as well that so we can maybe post pictures of some of the people we, we uh, chose and, and the like. And uh, yeah, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, all the stuff you do with podcasts. Uh, You can check out uh, ratings on Apple Podcasts and uh, Podchaser as well, which (laughs) just got a job there. Boom. I checked. I can't actually mention that I got a job with Podchaser. But yeah, I am now working at Podchaser, which is a website that I've been a big fan of for years. They do reviews. They're like an IMDB for podcasts. So check that out. It's an incredible resource to find out people who have, who've guested where on what shows. And it's also a place where you can leave a review for this show and any of the other shows on the GUI network. Um, and so we do appreciate that. That gives us a little more exposure. So, uh, until next time, thank you so much for listening and, uh, the end. Or is it? You've just been
2: smacked
0: <laughs> oh, in your pitch.
2: Oh yeah, you've been you've been pitch smacked. <laughs> that's that's it. And you've been smacked in the pitch. Smacked with a smack. I, I
0: pitched at your smack, and I and <laughs> I hit it with. And my it felt pitch. good. It was good. That's a really long uh, tagline for the end, but we'll make it work.
1: gui-podcast.com <laughs>
0: oh demolition Oh, demolitiony man making copies el demolition oh coming straight from the mouths of madness i'm lowdown i'm f.u hunter do you love horror we fucking do so this is a podcast dedicated to all things in cinematic horror we're talking movies television composers special effects artists we're gonna fucking cover it so if you love horror embrace the madness
2: Join us at Beautiful Disasters on a journey into the fringe territory of B-movie abandon.
0: We review the flicks that are forgotten or underappreciated to give them
2: a proper place in the annals of celluloid history. I'm the Groots. F.U. Hunter. Your guides at Beautiful Disasters. Come along with us for a fun ride. May May the the Slock be with with you.
0: Hey guys, Scotty P here with Smash. On your left. And we are the Geek Fathers. That's right, bringing all the trials and tribulations of being a geeky parent. So welcome to our world. And as always, join us or cry. Welcome to
2: GUI Nights.
0: GUI Nights.
2: Yeah, I am Lowdown Brown. With me as always, Mike the Hobbit. This is the tangential side of
0: GUI.